welcome to tonight's podcast and we're talking about how to enjoy your work and how to avoid grinding through the day uh, a lot of us are working on projects right now where the day seems much longer than it should be because uh, the workload may be challenging us or we may have situations where um, we're waiting on materials supplies or we have to work around other trades and what we think should be you know a pretty easy work day ends up seeming like it goes on forever and ever and ever and every time you look at your watch or look at your phone it seems like it's only 15 minutes later than what it was from the last time you checked your, your you know checked your clock or checked the time to see um how much further the day has gone and so tonight we want to talk about how to enjoy your work and how to apply your work in such a way where the day goes by smoothly and more enjoyably um, and over for the most part the day is just very very pleasant and so um, we have Rich, Rich Richard can you tell us a, a, a little bit about uh, um, about your perspective on on grinding through the workday or at least trying to avoid grinding through the workday yeah so you know um, as electricians we have to deal with a lot of unpleasant stuff on the job mm-hmm Yep, And it's really easy to get caught up in that. And, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of it. There's the people you deal with. There's the different aspects of the work, work conditions. And there's a lot that we do to ourselves that make the day much more difficult pushing through. And that's the idea of this this, uh, topic we're doing today is to kind of go through some of those things that we do to sabotage ourselves and things that we can do to set ourselves up for success during the day. Okay, so um, given that, just to jump right in on that, um, what would you say are like the things that affect you negatively or would uh, just basically give you like a a negative impact in your workday? Well, a big one that we all deal with, and it's all of us, is Mm -hmm. lack of sleep. Ah. It's so easy to get distracted by all the technologies and mm-hmm. all the, the little gadgets and things that we use for entertainment, cell phones, tablets. So you say if I go to bed with my phone, I, I may have a, uh, I may have get much less sleep versus if I just turn the phone off and go to bed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you know, among other things, definitely. And it's just um, sleep in general. It has such an effect on your day, how you feel. I mean, everything about your day, how it's progressing, can be tied to sleep in some way. If right. you're not getting enough sleep, you're going to affect your energy levels, your focus, and uh, it's just going to be something that's going to affect everything. Every aspect is going to be affected by it. Yeah, but what I mean, like, okay, so let's say, you know, you know, I stay up all night playing video games. I get to bed about three o'clock. I know I need to be up by about 536. Take a couple energy drinks. You know, that, that should be okay, right? Or no? No, not really. Energy drinks might get you going a little bit, but... okay. The problem with or energy coffee. drinks, yeah, coffee, all that stuff is, it's it's not the same as having natural energy. And right. I know that for a fact, because that's something I'm actually working on myself right now. I've, I've tried mm-hmm. to reduce a lot of sugars for my diet and a lot of um, like caffeine and things that people go to for fake energy, I guess you could call it. Right, and I see. I'm telling you, man, when you like remove that stuff from your diet, your energy levels are so much more balanced. You don't have these crazy swings up and down and all over the place. If you eliminate those things, energy drinks, you don't rely on those. You rely on just eating right and everything and getting your sleep. It's it's a tremendous difference. It really is. And it's something you have to really see for yourself to see the difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to agree with you on that because um, I don't think I've like had coffee or energy drink like in almost like a couple years now. And um um yeah i feel like i don't miss it you know especially if i do get like seven eight hours sleep so yeah i am not perfect at that i do mm-hmm. have red bulls every now and then and stuff when i'm working mm-hmm. i'll pull into a 7-eleven I'll, I'll fill up my van i'll be a little tired maybe a little stressed or whatever right and i don't always need them sometimes it's just like a comfort thing and yeah it's, it's kind of a bad habit you know it's, it's not really a great thing to do but mm-hmm. i have reduced them quite a bit and it, I don't miss them. I really don't. If, if you okay. do the right thing and you really, um, you know, look for natural ways to balance your energy. Right. I got you. So like, like what, what else are some other ways that, that, um, would impact you negatively? Well, like you brought up playing video games until okay. know, two, three in the morning, <laughs> right. you know, and some people do that and they, they have some drinks too. So they're affected by their actions from the night before. 
and mm-hmm. they're stuck in a position where they're having to recuperate from the last night, from mm-hmm. last last night's activities, or maybe um, pushing themselves too far the night before with taking on too much. Um, if Dustin were here, I'm sure he could talk about that. Right. He's got a lot on his plate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as do a lot of us. I, I'm the same way. I've got a lot going on. But recuperating from yesterday's actions and activities is a big one. Mm-hmm. So you're saying like video games, what else? Like drinking, you think? Uh, uh, may, yeah, maybe just over yourself for whatever reason the day before. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel it the next day. So it's really like there's a balance that needs to be maintained there. And it's something that should be considered. Like you, you can't always be perfect in that regard, you're going to have stuff that comes up. You're going to have to tackle things. There's going to be jobs where you're working until 8 o'clock at night. So, yeah, it's going to happen. But it's yeah. important to just keep that in mind. If you, if you realize that that's a problem, there will be opportunities where you can choose otherwise. And that's yeah. where all of this stuff we're talking about today empowers you because you have these, like a, like a warning sign in your head, like, okay, I know that this activity or this item is is something that uh, was discussed in that podcast that can affect my day negatively. And then it puts you in a position where you can make a choice. Yeah. I tell you, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. There's a lot of people who are either absent today off the job site or they were just dragging because today is May 6th and yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. Right. (laughs) And a lot of people (laughs) chose to celebrate. Yeah, and, I, I, I mean, I, I kind of saw this coming because as I was leaving, um, I had uh, had to go back to the job site because I forgot a couple tools that I normally, you know, take home with me. And I went back to the job site like a couple hours later in the evening, and I saw like maybe three or four trucks and vans out in the parking lot that I knew belonged to people who worked on our crew. So yeah. it's like it's like if your car is still in the parking lot, okay. So so obviously, you know, so. Food can definitely have an impact. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what would you say about food? How how various aspects well, of food can affect you? Okay, so I I, I think um, you know, you hear a lot of the experts they talk about how like um um what you eat is just as important as when you eat. And I've heard you know different variations of that, but it's like um if you start your day like like basically food's supposed to fuel your body. And um if you're fueling your body, let's say with donuts in the morning. I, I I don't think you're going to do as well as if you're feeling your body, let's say, with like fresh fruit. Um, yeah. Um, or even if, you know, you just do like just a wholesome breakfast, if you're more of like a ham and eggs and bacon and eggs type of guy, um, you know, doing that versus like we were talking about earlier about the coffee. But like, you know, if you're heavily sugared down, you know, like you were talking about earlier that you can kind of crash with that. Um, yeah. Because like one one thing that I've been doing lately is like I've been bringing frozen fruit to the job site, and it's like I just like nibble off nibble off that all day long, and I, it just kind of sustains me all the way up until lunchtime. But one thing I noticed with that, it, it's like when anytime I ever had a big breakfast going on to the job site or ate like two or three donuts going to the job site, it took me a little while like to get up and running. Whereas if I'm like eating some strawberries or some frozen peaches up in the morning, um, it's not really filling me up, but somehow. On that like semi-empty stomach, I'm just going strong all day long, you know. And and, and it's amazing because you would think that uh, uh, you'd perform better on a full stomach than an empty stomach. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Bring that up because your body balances your energy when when your body doesn't have to deal with digestion and uh-huh. all that. Your body's mm-hmm. actually pretty good at maintaining energy levels because, like our ancestors, they didn't have breakfast. They would wake right. up in the morning and they had to go get it. So yeah. the human body yeah. kind of evolved to have a balanced energy level and also the ability to produce bursts of energy in the, you know, in hunting and all that kind of stuff. So when you don't fill your gut full of food, your body reverts to that state where it's just going to kind of maintain your energy level. And that's a really important thing. And um, also, I mean, part of that is that your body uses energy for digestion. So that's mm-hmm. why you get that crash after lunch. Uh-huh. Your your body has to deal with that, you know, all mm-hmm. this food and everything processing it. Whereas when your your stomach is empty, your body can use that energy for other things like healing and producing those bursts of energy and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, sure, that, that, it's hard for your body to digest, you know, not, not uh-huh. digest but process it, man. It, it just throws your system all over the place, like with those energy drinks you're, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It just really screws up your energy level over time, and and as a whole, it just goes all over the place. 
Right, yeah, and, and even like in that, you know, that, that, that kind of supports how like intermittent fasting works. A lot of people talk about yes. where they don't eat, you know, until 12 noon, and they don't eat after 8 p.m., and, you know, a lot of us can say, man, how can you do that? But, you know, what you're saying is making sense, because if we've evolved to be able to hunt and gather and all that kind of stuff before we could eat, then, yeah, we, we, yeah. we are designed to be able to function. Yeah, and this stuff is very relevant to us because we have a physical job. Yeah. So it's important, you know, this is stuff that they don't talk about. I mean, the, the industry out there, they want you to, like, they want you to eat all day long. Right. You know, they don't want you to know these things because it's not in their benefit. Mm -hmm. So it's yep. important for us to understand that because it affects our energy levels so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and those who are listening understand that you know this is an electrical forum, not a health forum. So you know, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, greatest definitely. Salt. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, everyone do your own research, but yes. I can tell you, like, I do the intermittent fasting, and mm -hmm. it. I don't always do it. Okay, I'm not perfect <laughs> at right, all. Right, yeah. Uh -huh. By any means, man, I'll have a stressful day and I'll go get a big old giant thing of ice cream or something like that. Right. But overall, I'm I'm pretty healthy, and it does it for me anyway. It really mm -hmm. does work. And the food aspect of being an electrician and in, in a physical trade, it is important, you know, and find your own way, of course, to find what works for you. But right. um, our experiences are, I don't know about you, Brock, but for me, it really has been beneficial to, to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like for me, I can't uh, um, conceptualize just going with no food up until noon. So that's why I'm, I'm consuming fruit because it does get into your system pretty quickly. Um, but there are times where I get on a job site and just things are going haywire and things are going crazy. And I go straight to work and don't even think about taking a bite of anything. And I happen to survive all the way to lunchtime. So, I, I you know, uh, there is a validity in what you're saying, you know. Yeah. And then the other aspect of that is hydration. Yes. So what would you say about hydration? Okay. So hydration is like one of the most important things um, because, um, and again, this is not health advice, just, you know, things that I've learned over the years is that um, hydration helps your body um, get rid of a lot of waste and a lot of impurities. So like, you know, things that your body's breaking down and repairing, something has to happen to all that garbage that's in your system. And so the hydration is what gets it out. That, that's what my therapist told me. I had gotten injured on the job a few years ago. And when I was going through the physical therapy to get rehabilitated, one thing the therapist said, yes, we're going to work you out, but you always have to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Um, you always need those fluids running through your system in order for healing to take place. Not being hydrated does have a tremendously negative effect on your day. Yes. If you're being really lazy about your hydration, you're going to feel that grind. Yes, right. It's going to definitely affect you in a negative way and something you can prevent. And that's the mm -hmm. purpose of all this list, of course. Yeah. And mind you, you know, I, I'm not going around analyzing other people's urine, but, you know, a lot of us work on job sites where you got pee bottles out there and you see what the color of this urine is yeah. in these pee bottles. You think, oh, my <laughs> goodness. You know, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how, how do you guys even, how, how are you oh, yeah. even alive? You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And of course, there's other aspects of hydration that people need to be aware of, you know, uh -huh. like, the Gatorades have electrolytes and stuff in there. It's important to make sure that you don't just drink water. You want to get those electrolytes and mm -hmm. all that. It's something you need to research on your own. I'm not an expert at it. Neither mm -hmm. are you, Brock, of course. You know, neither of us. Right. So people yep. listening, make sure you do your homework on that because that, that's another aspect of hydration that if you're not getting it right, it's going to have a negative impact on you. Right. But then I've heard a lot of experts say that um, all these other minerals that we say is in Gatorade or sports drinks or that kind of thing um, is already in our regular food. And so if you're eating every day, water is really sufficient under most circumstances, unless you're, you know, an athlete and you're, you know, going beyond your limits. So, you yeah. know, I guess if, you, if you're carrying like, you know, four inch pipe up 12 flights of stairs, yeah, you probably, you probably do want some, have some Gatorade. Yeah. And when I'm talking about that, of uh -huh. course, I live in Texas. It gets okay. very, very hot here, man. I mean, yes, June, I rolling into June and July and August is brutal. It's so bad. I mean, I will I drink eight or ten bottles of water uh -huh. in one day, just, just in the working hours, sometimes more mm -hmm. than that. And mm -hmm. you sweat so much that you're just stripping all of those electrolytes out of your body. And that, that's I kind see. of more the situation I'm thinking of. Which I is not you. the same for everybody. Some of you guys are blessed with beautiful weather, like yeah. California, <laughs> and uh, further up north, and you don't have to worry about that. And you should really 
take a moment to appreciate that, especially during the summer months, if you're not mm-hmm. dying in the heat like we are. You know, we're all trying to not die. That's like part of our job description is don't die. Or like our, our goal, one of our goals, I'm not going to die today from a heat, you know, heat exhaustion or heat stroke. I tell you, I've been I've been to Texas twice, and it was either in April or August. I, I have never been in in Texas during the dead of summer, so I don't know what that heat is really, it's, really like. It's firsthand. brutal, man. It's okay. so brutal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, I'm so happy when the summer's over. It's um, yeah. I, I yeah, miss the not, West Coast. I'm originally from the West Coast, so I, uh-huh. I moved here in 2005, mm-hmm. which I think was the right decision for me. But I do mm-hmm. miss the weather for sure. Yeah, so I, I guess even like with, you know, working under all the heat and everything, I guess that can also cause um, can cause you stress, especially, like I say, if you're trying to rush through your, your, your work day or, um, or, or even if, let's say, like, um, because let's just say if you had to walk up six flights of stairs, um, I would hate for you to be under any kind of deadline in that kind of heat. Yeah, you know? it can definitely be difficult. You have to really pace yourself very well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like, I guess e- even like to keep yourself from being in that situation, um, you probably need like a real good routine. You know, like if, if people have like their morning routines or they have like the structure the night before they go to bed uh, yeah. to make sure when they got in the door, they're not forgetting anything. They're not rushing to do this or rushing to do that. They know I have to, you know, get on the road by this time or my alarm goes off and I know it should have been on the road by now. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's a good point because then nothing there's less surprises in your day when you have uh-huh. a routine in the morning right. you're not stressed trying to look for this look for that or try to figure out what you're going to be doing that saves all that energy it's kind of like the reason you have habits habits uh-huh. are like shortcuts for being able to do things and your subconscious mind takes over and it saves all that energy so uh-huh. a routine is very much like that it's saving you time and energy and just simple stuff in the morning if you don't have a good structure in the morning, then it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. And and having a routine is going to avoid the chaos. It's just going to make it a very smooth process in the morning, get you out the door, and it's going to affect your mood in a pretty significant way. Right. I, I don't know if anybody else who's listening, if, if you guys do this, but this is something I do as I'm going out the door. I always do the, the self-pet down. Whereas, you know, before I close the door, I, I pat my pockets, make sure I have my wallet, my keys, my money, my phone. And then if, yeah. if all that checks out, then I'll pull the door shut, get in the truck and go. You know what? That's another good point. There's actually a technique that's used in, I, mean, I, I can't remember where it originated from, but it actually uh-huh. is verbalizing, actually saying like a list, like mm-hmm. saying it, like I got my keys, I got my wallet, I got my, my pocket knife, my flashlight, whatever it is you like you carry every day. If yep. you verbalize that when you're walking out the door, Mm-hmm. you're way more likely to to never forget anything. And it can even uh-huh. be a list on a job or whatever you're doing when you need to remember stuff. If you verbally say it, mm-hmm. it actually makes a big difference. Like it, it substantially reduces your, um, the possibility of you forgetting something. Right. I see. So let's just say if like I'm on the 10th floor and I got to walk down to the basement uh, to get some materials or supplies, what have you. Um, if I verbalize those things that I need, that I'm only making one trip down and back up again versus what making six trips because I forgot that, you know, those red eyes or I forgot the the, um, the roto zipper tool or something like that. Yeah, because if you're saying it, you're uh-huh. cutting, you're basically taking your 100% of your focus and you're putting it right on that because you're I having see. to vocalize it. Because mm-hmm. it's when you're talking, it's hard to do other. I mean, you can do things and talk if if you normally do them, but I mean, a lot of your focus and energy goes into what you're saying. You're thinking about it and stuff. So it's just it's just a technique that's been proven to work. So another thing too is if you have a good routine in mm-hmm. the morning, and it can be you know your clothing, food, whatever, you're going to have extra time. And that goes back to the point I was making about making. It's like a shortcut for getting through your morning when you have that routine yep. in place. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's, that's just another aspect of it is, is you will have more time and you should also work in more time for unforeseen delays and stuff like that. You know, if you got to be to the, the job side, you got to be to the office, whatever, if you work that extra time into your routine in the morning. So you have like, uh, you say you get up an hour before you have to leave and it takes you only 30 minutes to get ready. That's, you know, a good little point to throw in there that, you know, you can build those kind of things into a routine, whereas you can't really build them into not having a routine if you don't have a routine you can't you can't add that in there it's just you get lucky if you have that extra time 
Right. You know, and, and I would think that most of the people in my area do not even think that far ahead because when I get on the main drag to head to the job site, it is almost like NASCAR. It's like the Autobahn. It's like a drag race out there. I'm doing 70 in the right lane and people are just passing me like I'm not even moving. And I'm like, my goodness, how soon, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I guess you're like probably like 20 minutes behind the eight ball right now, the way you guys are driving right, right now, you know, and, yeah, and, you can and see it's like you're running late. Sure. Exactly. And, and, and it's like when I'm driving through the city and everything, and I think to myself, it's like all the cars just going real fast. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, probably everybody else is thinking the same thing. It's like, don't be the guy that messes this up for everybody else. Because the first person that gets into an accident is over for everybody. You've yeah, just you've messed everybody else. Thousand, with a thousand mornings just got ruined. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so like what you're saying, like if, if, if you were to take that extra half hour or hour, if you could spare it to give yourself enough time to get there, um, it's like almost more fun to get to work and you get out of the car and you're just like, you know, just relaxing before you actually go to the job site versus like I see some people, you know, they're pulling in five minutes before call time. And it's like, uh, um, you know, they, they'll, they'll speed into the space, they'll skid into the parking space and they're running out of their car door, you know, barely getting it closed while they're putting on their vest and hard hat while they're running, you know, for for uh, for roll call. Yeah, uh, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. That's miserable, man, being there. Yeah, and if you get there early, you got time to to get on the U Crew uh, Discord and send some posts out and maybe listen to the podcast. Do something, exactly. something you want to do in the morning. Something that's exactly. going to energize you and make you feel good. And when you're early, you have control over your life. That's true. You know, there's an aspect of control there. And you mm -hmm. sacrifice that when you don't have a good morning routine. Yeah, exactly. And and um, it's always nice to be able to walk around a job site when nobody else is there. So you can you know, take pictures and like I said, post them on um, social media, especially for EU social media. Um, but just like even just like walk around the job site and take everything in and just kind of, you know, think about how your day is going to go and wh wh where you're going to start at and where you hope to end at the end of the day. That's, that's, that's very difficult to do when you've got a whole bunch of people coming in at the same time. Um, so even if like when you're not rushing, that just gives you like more time to just kind of think about what it is you're going to do for that day. Yeah. And another thing about coming into work, some of us have things at home we're dealing with, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of, right. You know, personal lives can have issues, obviously. Yes. So yes. bringing those issues to work is a ah. great way <laughs> to have a negative day, to have a bad yes. day. Yes. Just introduce the fact <laughs> that you're, you're going to have a, a less than satisfactory day because your your mind's going to be someplace it shouldn't be. Oh yeah, yeah, I, that 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 is so important because I, I I do see a lot of people who bring their problems, whether it's you know divorce issues or or uh, um, the parent of your child problems, your other parent of the child problems, or they call it like, you know baby's mama, baby daddy drama, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then conversely, it's like. You also have to avoid, you know, taking all this stuff in because a lot of times people need to vent, but they want to turn you into their garbage can. You know, I will pull all, all my life's garbage into you now. You can feel bad just like I feel bad. Yeah, people can have an impact on you if you if you allow that, if you keep yourself open to them being able to do that. And different personality types are more susceptible to this than others. Just mm -hmm. kind of depends on, on where you are. Personality-wise, and how you respond to other people's emotions. Some yes. of us are wired in a way where we read everyone's emotions, whether we want to or not. Yes, that's something that as an INFJ, that I'm, I'm an INFJ, I have a bit of a radar for people's like their mental state. I, I, IFNJ. What what exactly do you mean by that? Um, INFJ is just a personality type. There's My Myers and Briggs is a, a system that I would mm -hmm. recommend everyone check out. I'm uh -huh. not an expert on it by any means, but I'm okay. uh, I'm interested. It's it's something that I've been interested in, and I've I've read on and researched quite a bit in the past. Mm -hmm. I definitely recommend it. I I recommend everyone take the personality test and then look into your personality type. Now, the personality types are spectrums. They're not like a box. Mm -hmm. Like I'm an INFJ, and so is Dustin. But mm -hmm. obviously, me and Dustin are not the same exact person. Uh -huh. So. Basically, the INFJ aspect of it is like a foundation. Okay. It's all the skills that you're going to kind of be born good with or kind of have. 
mm-hmm. and then your life develops them in different ways. Right. So, 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 so if you take that kind of personality test, do you think that would help you uh, better understand what type of worker you are, and perhaps? Absolutely, man. Hundred percent. It would you definitely know, it, help it, you out. It, right, yeah, and a, then basically, you know, help help you, you know, you know, try not to be something you're not in in this workplace. Because I say, you know, if, if you're like trying to uh, work one way when your personality is a different way, you know, that's going to make you like you're basically grinding through the day and making yourself suffer or, or, or not. Yeah. Because if you know that your personality type is weak in one area, uh-huh. then for one thing, you're not going to be as hard on yourself about it. Okay. Like I know my weaknesses. I know how they affect me and my business and mm-hmm. some areas where I'm not as strong, like with certain office tasks. Uh-huh. And I used to be pretty hard on myself about that. But when I learned more about my personality type and I realized looking into the business side of my personality type, where my strengths mm-hmm. are, I realized that I was weak in that area. And I try to delegate some of that stuff out, like hire professionals to take care of it and stuff. But I know I'm not good at it. And now I'm not as hard on myself. Like I know that I'm, I'm not good at the, um, like, I, I, like sitting down doing taxes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Is, uh, it's grueling, man. I, <laughs> and most people, that's not the best example because um, everyone hates doing taxes, obviously. But right. The number crunching part of it and some other stuff too, some other aspects of INFJ there. But as far as like um, innovativeness and creativity, mm-hmm. um, super high on those there, as uh, Dustin, I'm sure, would, would attest to that he's probably, um, well, obviously, you know, look what he's he's developed on his own here. Mm-hmm. So going back to the topic here and of um, ways to make your day go by more positively, if you understand yourself, where your strengths are, where you're going to be most suited to be comfortable, I mean, you can do anything. You can push through anything. But Mm -hmm. there's some areas you're just going to feel more comfortable and you're just going to flow better through it and you don't have to suffer as much doing it. Like I would suck as an HR person, man, I tell you. Yeah, I could do it, (laughs) but I would suck at it because there's certain aspects of it. Or an accountant, oh my God, man, I would be tortured being an accountant. I could do it, sure, but I wouldn't enjoy my day very much. And so that's a great thing (laughs) uh, to bring up is understanding yourself and where you can kind of fit in would be... Uh, a big thing to a big benefit to you and also the people around you as well, because you're going to know where you can fit in and help everybody else too. Yeah. I, I, I know for myself, I would be a very horrible executive assistant um, because like one time we actually had the president of the company come out to our job site. It was kind of like a lunchtime meeting and um, the guy happens to know my, know me by name. So he called me out and asked me, you know, to bring him a, you know, bring him a bottle of juice or bottle of soda or something like that. And I just handed him to the bottle and I didn't know what was wrong with what I did, but usually like if an executive or president of a company, you know, asks uh, somebody to bring him a beverage, usually he means, you know, bring the bottle, open it, bring a glass with ice, pour it into the glass form. Yeah. And, and, and so those are kind of things that, you know, inherently I wouldn't know to do. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you know, that's a good thing you brought up there because it made me think of like when you go to a restaurant yes. and you have a waitress that really just kind of sucks it at being a waitress. Yes. Mm-hmm. or a waiter usually and not always they may just be they may just have a bad attitude but a lot of times yeah. because they're just not suited for that kind of position and it's just you know, uh-huh. personality type. like some personality mm-hmm. types are not real great with that kind of stuff you're right you're right because many times i've left reviews where i've said the server was very friendly they were very nice but the service was poor and you know, I try to make it clear that you know that they weren't really a, 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 um, that they didn't have a bad attitude, but that um, they just were not really either not trained well or they're just not suited for this type of of, of um, task. Um, going back a little bit to um, kind of where this originated from um, uh-huh. with other you know dealing with other people and stuff. Um, yes, you know as well as of course knowing yourself, but uh-huh. um, you know those other other people's issues can become a problem for you as well. You know, yes, your customer okay. might be in a terrible mood. Um, maybe they're not, you know, your coworkers is that person who's not suited for whatever it is they're doing and you're dealing <laughs> right. with them and yes. they're not happy about it. So, you know, dealing with other people's problems and letting that affect you is, is, a, is a big one too. So mm-hmm. trying to have a shield to, I, I guess, you know, defining that, okay, I see that person's in a bad mood today. And just mm-hmm. realizing that that's them, that's their thing. They're not painting the entire environment. It's just them. So you can go right. on and carry on with what you're doing. You don't have to let it affect you. Just think of right. them in their little negative bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or whatever technique works for you. That's just you know, one way of doing it. You know, visualizing them 
kind of in their own thing or whatever, not letting them get inside and, uh, and affect you in a negative way. Right. But then there are circumstances where um, dealing with them is the only way that you can do your job uh, because they may have like right. certain aspects or That's access to certain materials. Just put that wall up and just be professional and mm-hmm. maintain yourself mm-hmm. and try not to let them get in and, and be in that influence area you know your circle mm-hmm. of influence which really generally is used to say like what you can influence but you know you don't want to let them in that inner circle where they can affect you and then you also have to consider and i think we talked about this earlier that like when you come to the job site you you're, you're basically here for one purpose and not really there to make friends but you're there to make money and so if you're just thinking about making money you're not going to care how people treat you really I mean, of course we do care, but, uh, um, I think it still goes down to the personality type and how you uh-huh. interact with people. Sure. If you, yeah, if you put value in how they act or how they're acting toward you, mm-hmm. then yeah, you're going to be more prone to being affected by it. And mm-hmm. it's something a lot, a lot of people do subconsciously. You know, we value other people's opinion. We don't really know them. It's our mm-hmm. customer or someone maybe we, we think they're in some, you know, a good position, like we admire their position, maybe they have a beautiful home, or it's a higher level um, employee that has some authority or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we put too much value on what they're saying, how they're acting, and kind of disconnecting from that. And and I guess compartmentalizing or something like that would be um, something you try to do. Mm -hmm. Because you're dealing with them, like you said, you have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but let's say like you're dealing with a situation where you're in a job environment where you may not feel appreciated or let's say going the extra mile doesn't really uh, it, it doesn't get you further along in your career, at least on that particular job. Like, yeah, that's good. I was gonna say, yeah, that's definitely something that can affect you in a negative way. If you don't feel like your job is fully utilizing your potential. Because mm-hmm. you know it. I mean, if you're on a job and maybe you have experience doing service work or you've done some stuff on your own, and then you take this job with this commercial company and they're doing a you know three, four story building and there's a lot of like box work and pipe work, and they take you the new guy, even though you you know what you're capable of doing, and they stick you on screwing boxes to the beam. Now, of course, you need to prove yourself and everything, so it's probably not the best example. Mm-hmm. But if you find yourself in a position where you just know you're capable of so much more and you're just like in a stagnant place you want to feel like you're engaged and you're challenged and like you're building something you're moving forward in your job and like you have momentum and so if you find yourself in that position yeah you might be in a position where you need to prove yourself and that's understandable they need to see who you are they're going to give you some shit work and see how you deal with it yeah that sometimes that happens but if you're in a job and you've been there a while, you've been there six months, a year, and you're still doing like low level stuff and you've been studying, you say you're working on getting your journeyman or something like that, your journeyman license, you need to talk to them. You need to mm-hmm. go and tell them, hey, you know, I've been doing this and that. I feel like I have more value to provide. And that's the big thing is value. If mm-hmm. you can provide more value, then they're going to love it. They're going to love mm-hmm. you and they're, and they're going to want to help you because everybody there, you're there to make money, but you're all providing value of some right. kind, you know, whatever it is you're doing, any tasks you're doing. So you have to be willing to go and talk. I know that can be tough for people and maybe you have to kind of work yourself up to that, to going in and talking to the boss. And there's a lot of um, videos and stuff you can watch on YouTube about building your confidence and believing in yourself. So you can go in there and talk to the boss and just be articulate with them and explain to them that you feel like you have the ability to do more. And um, so just get yourself ready and go do that or find a new job. If they don't want to give you, they don't want to allow you to utilize your potential, then find someone who will. Yeah, because because there are a lot of organizations that are nothing more than labor mills, if you will, um, where you where basically they look at employees as like a dime a dozen type of thing, where all they really care about is either productivity or just making sure you have a certain number of people on the site, and they're just concerned that the job gets done, but they're not worried about who does it or how it gets done, um, because there are a lot of environments where you say like the superintendent or the foreman or whoever is in charge 
All they really care about is getting enough guys on site and everybody shows up on time. And, yeah. um, you know, so they have, they're very, very rigid, very structured where they say, you're here from 7 to 3.30, you have 30 minutes for lunch, you can't come in late, you can't leave early, and for like somebody, let's say if they're a seasoned veteran or used to doing service work or doing their own thing, as you mentioned before, that could be very, very tough, because like yeah. even in my own situation, I'm kind of in that situation right now where I'm on a new site where the superintendent has those kind of strict standards, and so it kind of makes my day go real, real long, because it's like I'm used to working at my own pace and working from one task to the next because I, on other sites for my company I've worked for, it's like the boss basically said, if you get all this done, uh, you know, if you need to come in a little bit late tomorrow or you need to leave early or what have you, and of course he said this is all within reason. It's just I expect a certain amount, uh, a certain amount to be accomplished between the morning and and the evening, and if you can do that, then you pretty much you know can set up your own schedule, so to speak, as long as you're there for meetings and other important things. Um, now. It's like the boss doesn't really care how much we accomplish as long as we're there on time. And that could be, you know, just the way that he answers to his higher ups where it's easy for him to justify. We didn't accomplish this much today, but I had 20 guys on site and, and every single one of them were here on time and they stayed the whole eight hours. So I could think that, like, for myself, it doesn't bother me as much because I kind of know what's going on behind the scenes. But I could see, like, how that could make the workday go long. Because like I could work very very efficiently, I start my day at seven, and then by eight thirty I'm done. And I'm like, okay, uh, what am I going to do between now and the next three or four hours before lunchtime, and try to stay busy without overworking myself, you know? Yes, yeah, so you're talking about pacing yourself appropriately. To yes, the work you have that, that's a good way to put it. Yes, very good. Yeah, way to put it. yeah, definitely. Um, and then just one more point based uh, that I can pull from what you just said there. Um, you uh -huh. described a job where the foreman was uh, well. They can be in a position where, yeah, they just care about you being there and getting some stuff done. They don't really yep. care about your career and where you're going and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Absolutely. They just care about the job. So I would call that an environment that's sparse of opportunity. Mm -hmm. So as long as you define that that's what you're in and you understand that, then you can decide when it's appropriate for you to move on. Uh -huh. Because maybe the job is meeting your needs but if you have long-term goals, you know, you may just want to stay there for a certain amount of time and then, and then move on. But right. going meeting back to your needs. Yeah, yeah, meeting your needs as far as like if you have to get a certain number of hours because you're trying to get a license. Yeah, or that or, or you're, you know, you got to pay your bills. You got bills to pay. So yep. there's mm -hmm. that. Um, and then, of course, like, yeah, the experience, of course. Yeah, definitely. But um, Right. And so before we wrap up... Um, you know, can we look at some ways that we could make things go more smoothly? It's like up to this point, we've pretty much talked about like the things that, you know, kind of ruin your day or kind of drag you down or kind of make you grind more than you really need to. Um, but what would actually um, brighten your day? You know, I know we talked on some of these things, but what would actually make your day go quicker, more pleasurable or even um, more smoothly? Yeah, let's hit some positive points here. Some things that we can put in our Mm -hmm. Tool bag, I guess you could say to yeah. help our help ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing I want to talk about here is focus, and you can change your focus and what you focus on during the day. And I'll talk. I'll 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 provide you three examples of things you can change. Mm -hmm. So, or maybe beneficial for you. Okay. So when we go to a job, sometimes we feel like we have to be there. Mm -hmm. But if you change that mental thought process into, I choose to be there, right? then you're, you're switching from a negative perspective where you're locked in, you're kind of a slave to the situation, to mm -hmm. one where you're empowered, you have a decision, you're there because you want to be there. Mm -hmm. You're not there because your boss says you have to be there. Yeah, he mm -hmm. wants you to be there, but you're the one saying, I will be there. So it's like, I, I guess like one solution could be like, hey, I don't feel like going to work today. And then you can tell yourself, well, you don't have to go to work today. You know, go exactly, ahead and quit. Yeah. Have <laughs> see how you that works quit. out. <laughs> yeah, you can quit or you can choose a different path. You can oh, do yes. something else. Yeah. You can right. go and find another job. You, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with your, with your time, mm -hmm. but it empowers you to, to realize you have the choice to be there or not be there. Right. And that, the second thing I was going to say is we often, we all do it. 
sometimes we're tired, we got stuff going on, and we'll start to kind of focus on the negative aspects of the job. Like, ah, oh, I got to screw another box this wall. This sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to dig another 10 feet. This sucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's hot today. This sucks. It's best to try to, and this is not an easy task, and I'm not going to tell everyone how you can do it because you're going to have to find your own way, but trying to get your mental thought process into more of a positive state. So you want me to be right. So you want me to be like a king and coming to America where I was just so happy to be mopping the floor. Well, I would I wouldn't go too extreme with it. I mean, there's going to be shit days. There's going to be shit tasks and Mm -hmm. you're going to see that it sucks sometimes. And yeah, you acknowledge it sucks, but, uh, but still when you start getting to do it, then, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you can think about, well, what about that guy in that office cubicle? He's just sitting there and is, you know, how does that feel versus physically moving? It feels good to have a job where you're active versus being mm-hmm. stuck behind a screen. I've mm-hmm. done the behind the screen thing. I, I worked in project management and estimating for several years uh-huh. before I went out on my own. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, I missed being out in the field working. So that's just one example of where you can see the positive there and you can focus on like the activity of doing the work is actually good for you and it feels good. Right. And, and to answer that, if you're working in a cubicle, you always have to have your shoes shined and your pants and shirt pressed. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of expectations of you that are just kind of blah, mm-hmm. really, you know, in an office environment. And then also another point I wanted to bring up with focus uh-huh. is if you focus on yourself where you are and you're always like, oh, I'm the guy screwing the boxes on, I'm the box guy. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help your day. Right. You want to be the guy who's going somewhere, and everybody's right. going somewhere. And if you're choosing not to where you're going, you're going to go somewhere anyway. But you're just going to—it's going to be a surprise where you go. So mm-hmm. if you are defining where you're going, that makes life more interesting and more fun. If you're on the job, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, I'm the box guy right now, but I'm going to be the guy running this job in five or six years, or running jobs or whatever. And you can kind of like paint the path in your head. It becomes like a game, you know, like where I'm moving in life. You're more like a person that's on a journey and not someone stuck in a swamp. Right. And, you know, going back to the movie Coming to America, you know, you look at like Louis Anderson's character where, you know, he's in a fast food restaurant washing lettuce and talking about, yeah, I used to I used to pick up the garbage and mop the floors, but now I'm washing lettuce. And then I move up to fries and then I become assistant manager. Yeah, you know, like you kind go. of a gag. You know, it's kind of a gag, but you know, you think about that, that's how people move up in corporate America. Yeah, and you can endure things a lot more when there's a purpose behind it. Yes. When things don't have a purpose, it it's like stripped out, like the meaning of it and like your motivation and why you're mm-hmm. doing it. Like we all need a why. We yes. all need a purpose for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have it, it's it's that's where that the grind word comes in. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what are right. some of the things that you feel would help move your day more smoothly, Brock? Um, you know, I I gotta think about like um if um you think about like like what could be worse sometimes there's always somebody who wants to be in your position somebody who always wants to change places with you there's always somebody watching you and saying man i wish if if, if i was that guy what i would do um and you have to kind of, you know, I would say think negatively, but you almost have to put yourself in a perspective of if I was outside of myself looking at myself, uh, what would I do if I was myself? You know, if, if, if I didn't have this position where it's like, let's say, you know, we're always in a position where we're trying to move up while other people are trying to move in. And I think that um, that if you realize that you are, you know, move, you're you're a lot better off today than you were yesterday. That that that, that kind of motivates you to think, okay, well, um, that's going to help me move forward and move more smoothly through my day because now I'm not thinking about all the negative things, but I'm just thinking about the positive things in terms of where I was to, um, you know, where I got to now. And then, you know, you think about like just all the things we talked about today, like the opposite of we're talking about where, you know, you kind of um, get there early. So that way you're not rushing, you're not stressing, and you're not always um, just going crazy trying to. Okay, so I had a supervisor many years ago. He said, are you working your job or is your job working you? You know, are you mastering your job or is your job mastering you? That's and it's good. like, you know, are, are, you know, are you the master for your job or are you the slave to your job? 
mm-hmm. you know, are you, are you affecting it or is it affecting you? And, and he would always come up with those kind of anecdotes um, to really make you understand, okay, if I really hate what I'm doing or I'm just doing terrible at what I'm doing, it's because I'm not really controlling what I'm doing. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, is having a plan for your day. Mm-hmm. If you plan your day out ahead of time and you plan out everything that you're going to do, it mm-hmm. makes it go so much more smoothly and so much more enjoyable. And plus, yep. you get that whole satisfaction of checking things off your list. Yep. Um, there's a couple of quotes here that I wanted to tell you guys that are interesting. Mm-hmm. And these are well-known in various like business communities and stuff as far as like um, self-help business like themed, you know. So one of them is proper prior planning prevents poor performance. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. Okay. And then an ounce of preparation prevents a pound of pain. Aha. Uh-huh. And one minute of planning saves five to ten minutes of execution. Aha. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, the last one is absolutely true for me. Okay. My own experience. Uh huh. Yeah. So then I was also uh, I was going to go ahead and bring up the. Um, the clothing, um, like the, being comfortable with what you wear. Uh-huh. And I know there's something you wanted to say about that. Generally, if you are uncomfortable in your clothing, uh, you are not going to be a happy camper and you are not going to have a good day. Now, granted, PPE is important. So, you know, sometimes the steel toe boots can be uncomfortable. And if you're wearing, let's say, work pants that are not exactly your exact size, that can be uncomfortable. And that can kind of make you grumpy throughout the day. And so there's a lot of things that you can wear. You know, they are a little bit more costly. But in the long run, you know, I, I, I've learned that they, they actually, you know, pay for themselves. Like even like work socks that are like 100% wool work, work socks are so much better than the athletic socks because you know once your your uh, uh, inside of your shoes start getting wet and sweaty and moist and everything every step is painful yeah i so, noticed like for me i when i have the right gear on and the and the right clothing and stuff mm-hmm. i definitely feel way better when i'm working like mm-hmm. if i'm getting down and i'm working on outlets or i'm pulling wire up through a conduit i, I wear some nice knee pads so i'm not hurting my knees or crawling through an attic or something like that Right. And I have shoes that are comfortable, and I have, like you said, the comfortable socks. That's a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. And high-quality gloves that are comfortable. And for me, over here in Texas, dealing with this heat, I like to bring a spare shirt and some spare socks. Mm-hmm. And just being able to change those, like, midday, if you've been sweating really, like, profusely during the day, yep. that is, man, it feels so good to change out your, your shirt and everything and just feel comfortable again. I, absolutely. Uh, and I can attest to that because when I was working on a job site that was 10 minutes away from my home uh, during the middle of the summer, you know, it was nice to be able to go home for lunch, change clothes, go back to work. And I'm like a brand new person. Yeah. And then taking breaks sometimes can help you out too. If you, if you give yourself an opportunity to, if you're working real hard and you want to keep going, you know, and you got the energy to do it, you know, keep going. But sometimes it's, it's okay to allow yourself. Now, this is for responsible people, okay? Yes, <laughs> yes. For, for the slackers among us or whatever. All right. But if you're a responsible person and you are in tune with your energy levels and all that, it's okay to take a break. Just take a break for five minutes. Um, I know for me, if I take a break too long, my energy levels will actually drop. Mm-hmm. My body kind of like slows down a little bit, so I tend to keep going. Mm-hmm. But I know for some people, it actually helps them out. You know, just take a break and walk away from the work for a little bit. And, and kind of clear your mind and refocus and come back at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, even like when I was in physical therapy, the therapist always said, don't spend an hour working out, just work out for 10 minutes, hydrate, rest, and then start over again. And I think that applies to everything where it's like, you have to get to a point where, you know, you do have to take frequent breaks, even if the break is, you know, for 10 seconds or 20 seconds or, or five minutes, it doesn't have to be a full, you know, half hour, hour, or what have you, uh, just long enough to collect your thoughts and and rejuvenate yourself. I know it helps me a lot when I'm doing office work, because again, Mm -hmm. like I was saying, there's some aspects of it that are kind of grueling for me to do just Mm because my personality type, I don't. Doesn't, I don't tend to be as skilled in those areas. Uh huh. But if I get up and I'll go take a walk outside, get some fresh air, and come back, that actually does help me a lot. So I, I think for me, for me, maybe it's and maybe for other people too, it's those areas we're weaker in. We kind of got to get away from them when they're really putting us into that grind state. We're like, oh god, I gotta get to this. Just stepping away oh, yeah. from it, 
But when I have good rhythm on like doing actual installs and stuff, I tend mm-hmm. to not need them as much. But it definitely, it's a good tool to have. And speaking yeah, of tools, um, being organized with them and your material uh, can definitely make a difference in your frustration levels. I'm sure you could definitely um, relate to that one. Yeah, um, but then I'd also have to say that um, just frustration in general um, can make your day rough, you know, whether it's your, you know, organization of tools or losing things or what have you. And even lack of understanding is one of those things that can even frustrate you because it's like, um, let's say that if you're working on something, but you're not sure how a particular tool works or a piece of equipment works and you're kind of struggling with it, that's going to cause you frustration. Or even if like there's policy or procedure on the job site where you're not sure exactly, you know, how you're supposed to sign in a tool or something like that, or you're not a hundred percent sure of like, you know, uh, uh, when the workday begins or what's the procedure for calling out. And you're afraid that every time you talk to the boss about something, he's going to yell at you because you don't understand exactly when you can talk to the boss and when you can't talk to the boss. Um, that That can burn people out, you know? Yeah, I'd say anything that kills momentum yes. is definitely going to up frustration. Absolutely. And Absolutely. for me, like when I have my service van and mm-hmm. it's not too organized, because it happens, no one's going to keep their vehicle clean all the time. And, and if you know how to do it, I want to talk to you. Right, sure. If you're working on a job and like me, I do lots of smaller jobs. I do a lot of service uh-huh. work, a lot of like one day jobs, maybe two day jobs, three day jobs. And mm-hmm. I'll go in there and you know, the day's over and I'm putting stuff back in the van and it doesn't always make it back where it's supposed to go. And there's like boxes of extra material and things that should be back on the shelf in my workshop mm-hmm. and it becomes a mess. And then, then here comes a service call and I have that one item I need. I tell you, like the most frustrating thing for me is having to dig through all that junk in there and find it. And mm-hmm. you know, when I've got a helper, that's their job to, to keep that organized. And they do it at varying levels depending on their, you know, how how focused they are and, and where, if they know where everything goes and everything, mm-hmm. but not finding that tool and not finding that part has a big impact on me. So I think that definitely keeping things organized and knowing where everything is and developing a system for yourself and where everything goes is definitely something to think about to another, you know, another little thing that's going to improve your day and all these things. If you do all of them, they're all going to improve your day a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's going to make a difference overall. Like it all adds up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because if you have to do a small project um, during the day and um, you can't find the exact tool you need and you have to improvise, it's going to make doing that small task so much harder. Something that should have taken maybe 15, 20 minutes now is going to take two hours. Yeah. And then because sometimes you-, you have to grab the inappropriate tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe you need one tool, but there's another one that kind of works and you're getting like, oh, damn, I can't find this tool. So you grab the tool that's not as effective and then you go in and then you have more frustration because you got to fight it and you end up, you know, it just creates a big mess. So, yeah, absolutely. It's like, like one time I lost my keyhole saw. In fact, I do this a couple times where I lose my keyhole saw and I ended up putting a sawzall blade in a hacksaw handle and uh, it works, but not as well. So approaching difficult tasks, there's, Mm -hmm. that's something we all have to deal with. We always have to deal with things we haven't done before. Or right. we know it's going to be very hard to do. And sometimes just getting past that, you know, just deal, like accepting it and getting started can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So, but I think, I think sometimes, um, yeah, you should have a, a good perspective about it. But then I think for some people, and this is not everybody, but for some people, it helps if you just allow yourself to complain the whole time you're doing it, you know? Because you're getting it done, and when it's done, you're happy it's done. As long as I can vent about this while I'm doing it. Yeah, um, I think just accepting it and moving forward with it, because I think I mentioned this before. I don't know if it was any of the recorded podcasts, but it was definitely one of our one of our talks. But motivation to do things follows action. Mm-hmm. So if you have a difficult task, and since we're talking about like positive things you can do, um, just do it. Like just start and see how mm-hmm. you feel. Like. Tell yourself, okay, this sucks. I'm going to dig. I'm going to start digging for five minutes and then see how I feel. Yeah, yeah it's probably going to still suck after five minutes, but mm-hmm. you're going to feel more like doing it after you already started doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little mental trick just to remember that the motivation to do the hard things, it's going to come after you start. It sucks that we're wired that way, but it affects everything in your life pretty much. 
And you may right. have you may not be motivated for something because there's something you've thought about, or you've attached something valuable to it or a, a value to the action. But there's action we have to do. We ha- there's actions we have to do that are difficult to attach like a personal value to it when we're working. You know, like some some task might be twice as difficult as it should be, and we have to deal with that. Or someone else screwed up. Like you pull an outlet out, and you're like damn, where's the wire? You know, it's like super short and you have to deal with the fact that some guy before you cut all the slack of the wire off and you have to do some splicing in there or something. It's super frustrating. So just dive in and do it and and that motivation will come. And the funny thing too is those difficult tasks, they're the most rewarding when, when you're done. Like you can look at it and go, oh, good, I did it. Even so how do you eat an elephant? Yep, one bite at a time. One bite at a time. You got that right. And um, it's like there's been a lot of difficult things that I've had to deal with. And, you know, something somebody told me a long time ago, they said, I know it's a lot to deal with, but if you just keep chipping away at it little by little before you know it, it'll be all taken care of. And uh, that's been so true for so many, you know, difficult tasks and tasks that I want to deal with and things I didn't want to work on. Um, Where, you know, it's, it's like you have to do the exact same thing on 30 floors of a building. You know, you'll do one floor a day within a month. It'll be done. And improving your abilities and understanding the work that you have to do mm-hmm. is going to make you feel better at work. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I'm good at something, it's kind of fun. Yeah, get in there and hammer it out. Mm-hmm. So just improving yourself in your abilities will improve your enjoyment of the work. Right. Even though we're, sometimes it can be very difficult work because we have we have difficult jobs, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie about that. I'm not ever gonna say we don't. We all do. We have difficult jobs, and we got to give ourselves credit for that. A lot yeah. of people won't do the work we do because of that. Mm-hmm. But you can push. Th- it'll be easier to push through that kind of stuff when you are just killing it. What you're doing, like when you are very skilled at troubleshooting. And you have to fix something, some complex problem. Maybe the other guys couldn't figure it out. Man, that is super rewarding. And that feels so good to be they able say, to, to do stuff like that. They say it's easy and fun when you know how. Exactly. Yeah. And you're more engaged in your work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even like with being engaged, you know, you can be engaged with your work and you can also be engaged with the other people. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, people who bring their problems to the job and that sort of thing. Um, but then you can also have healthy conversations as well and, and productive conversations as well. And you can kind of joke around all the time uh, and, and have fun with it where it's almost like you want to come to work tomorrow because you want to see what your coworker is going to say about what happened at the game last night or what happened on TV. Yeah, you want to um, keep it light, keep it fun, keep the positive energy going. Man, I love that camaraderie when I worked at a company that had a lot of crews. Mm-hmm. All of us guys, man, all, all the journeymen, even the apprentices, we were all super cool with each other. And we'd have a good time on the job. We were joking around mm-hmm. and just, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of like playful and stuff with the job and all that and teasing each other and mm-hmm. ribbing each other and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, man, that was really cool. And I, and I actually missed that when I went into the office because everybody was so serious in the office and everyone was stressed out with the deadlines and all the material orders and everything they're working on. And there wasn't as much of that in the field. And it's definitely something that if you embrace that and you're part of that, it, it can make any day so much better. Just having but a good I- time on the job. Yeah, but I, I I dare say that if you're brave enough, you can actually bring that to the office environment as well. Because there are times when you have to be serious. But I do believe that most of the time, you don't have to be as serious as most people are. Yeah, we're, we, we're under the gun. We're under the deadline and all that kind of thing. But we can still laugh a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think maybe it was just kind of a semi-toxic environment there. Mm-hmm. At least aspects of that. Mm-hmm. where I worked at. I, I think a lot of people there let the stress get to them, but yes. we had moments like that. Yeah. But it definitely was not the same as when we were in the field. For whatever reason, there was a lot more of that camaraderie when I was mm-hmm. out there working in, in the service department. So as, as we wrap up, um, what would you say uh, just to summarize uh, um, how, how to basically get through the workday easily and enjoyably, uh, what would you say is like your biggest point as far as it's concerned? 
I would say the biggest thing for me is just taking care of yourself, being like physically, your energy levels, your sleep, eating right, because that's really the foundation of that affects all these things and trying to be in the right mental state. But starting with yourself and just taking care of yourself and physically and, you know, the emotional aspect, we don't talk about that much in the trades and stuff for whatever reason, but you know, there's mental health stuff that we should do for ourselves to, to put ourselves in a better mental state on the day. And then from there, it's just moving on to the, the skills of having a routine and planning ahead and, you know, just kind of going from there and having a goal, like having goals and stuff for, for your day and, and long, you know, short-term and long-term goals, things you're working toward. Like you want to be working towards something to keep your day interesting and keep your life interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I would have to agree with you on that, uh, because if you know why you're there and, and what your purpose is and why you're doing what you're doing, everything else becomes secondary, you know, regardless of your personality type, which even those those are important factors. But it's almost like if I had a million dollars to give you at the end of the week, you're not going to care what happens on that job site, because, you know, when Friday rolls around, you're going to have a briefcase with a million dollars in it. And I think that if we tend to look at it that way, especially when we know that uh, there's a means to an end on this, um, that will be much happier on the job site, regardless of what could be going right or what could be going wrong. I'm Brock Lancaster, and I'm a master electrician. I'm Richard Outman, Master Electrician out of Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, and we thank you for tuning in to and listening to this evening's podcast on how to enjoy your workday and how to avoid grinding through the day. So we thank you for listening. And so be sure to share and like this on all of our social media platforms at Electrician U.